November the 2nd, 2023. It is episode 179 of the show, and it is the preview for Breeders' Cup Saturday in 2023. However you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube, search bar Matt Burney or show. You'll get this episode along with the 178 prior. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, comments, questions, concerns, you name it. DM me on Twitter or leave them beneath the video player. Also, if you did not listen to the Friday preview for the Breeders' Cup, be sure to catch that in the podcast feeds uh, or again over on YouTube. Same drill as yesterday. We're going to burn through the nine Breeders' Cup races on Saturday. I'm not going to go crazy long. I'd like to keep it relatively tight. Maybe it's not going to be a half hour. Maybe it'll be a little bit longer than that, or who knows? Maybe if I'm just really kind of to the point, we don't have to screw around and we just kind of turn and burn. We get our way through this whole thing. Uh, nine races. I think I'm, there's one horse this day on Saturday I'm very interested in. I think Friday for me, there are more appealing wagering options top to bottom. But this race, or this day anyway, I'm, there, there's at least one that I'm very interested in trying to get alive to. So we'll talk about that. I'm going to go through, I'm not going to go A's and B's because I, some folks even brought it up too. They're like, there, there are just way too many numbers that you've thrown out there. And I'll tell you who I'm going to lean on in some of these races and things like that. I have gone through and done a morning, uh, morning line. Jesus, my brain is freaking fried. Uh, And we haven't even started the event yet. Uh, The fair odds line for all of these races and, there are some defections that I don't know if they're all official yet or not. So um, if I do miss something or a horse is still in the race that I mention and they don't end up going on Saturday, no, that's why, just because they haven't officially... Jesus Christ, I'm a goddamn mess right now. Um, <laughs> sorry. It's all catching up to me already. The past three months worth of travel. Uh, that's why. So if you end up hearing, you know, on Friday, if you're listening to this, that one of these horses I talked about is not running, and maybe by the time this is done, it had been intimated that the horses would be withdrawn, that's why, just because nothing official has happened yet. So anyway, I digress. Let's dive into it. Race number three, the first Breeders' Cup race on Saturday. It is the Dirt Mile, and uh, right in order, stage rate of 4-1, to Cody's Wish 2-1, to Zozo's three to one, Charge at ten to one, Skippy Longstocking thirteen to one, Cheryl's B ninety nine to one, National Treasure thirteen to one. I know when I initially did kind of a, a look ahead to this race a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned National Treasure as one that I could get interested in. He's just not good enough, I don't think. Uh, Cody's Wish, he's the best horse in the race. He is the sentimental pick. I just don't like the direction he's going. I know on Thoroughgraph, he's as fast, arguably, not as he's ever been, but he's still very, very good. I just think he's trending the wrong way. And I think the biggest concern I have is his running style going a mile at Santa Anita. Now, at nine furlongs or 10 furlongs, you can make up ground. Eight furlongs, two turns on the dirt. For whatever reason, it's an extremely kind configuration to speed. And I, I think he's going to get outrun early on. And a horse like Zozos, is he as good going two turns as one? No, probably not. But I think he's a very good horse. And I, I think he's going to be able to walk out on the front end. 
and I think you can make him pay. So I'm going to go with Zozos in here. You know, it's not a sequence. There's nothing really that I'm super in love with here. I think there's some short numbers. This kicks off a pick five. Um, I'd go with Zozos. Maybe as a backup, I'd go with Stage Raider. Um, put it this way. This is a sequence I probably don't have a ton into because I will throw out Cody's Wish. Uh, because if he wins, the sequence gets diluted greatly. If he loses, I think it's going to be probably to one of those two horses. So those would be the only ones that I'd be interested in from this sequence. Now, that's not to say that I won't use Cody's Wish in a double or possibly even a pick three starting in that Twilight Derby race two, which we're not going to talk about because I haven't looked at it yet. Because the horse that I want to have something alive to of significance comes in race number four. It's the Philly and Mare Turf. It's actually one of my favorite races of the day of the weekend. And it it's kind of just omitted from a number of things. It is part of the all turf pick four though. Now let's do the morning lines. Jesus, the value lines. I need to stop saying that. I'm sorry. I'm going to confuse folks that may be new to this. The value lines in Italian nine to two warm heart, six to one with the moonlight, 30 to one Moira, 30 to one. When Maryland thirty to one, in spiral three to one, Lindy nine to one, Favrover twelve to one, Didia twelve to one, McCulloch thirty to one, Lumiere Rock thirty to one, State Occasion fifty to one. I think of the runners, I believe in spirals the most likely winner, and not by a fair bit, but a, a pretty clear favorite in my opinion. If she runs back to that Sun Chariot, she's going to win. There are questions. Does she want to go this far? It's been well documented that she occasionally lays an egg uh, against some of the bigger and better. I think a lot of that is a product of the ground that she had run on. Um, I think she's going to really appreciate rock hard turf. You know, the the mile and a quarter, definitely a concern, definitely an unknown. In Italian, I I don't know if she she's coming off of a career best figure, right? But there's part of me that says both that race and the Diana, the olden Italian, wins those races. And it's not taking anything away from White Beam, not taking anything away from Gina Romantica. But I just think the olden Italian puts them away. So now you got to go out to a mile and a quarter. You're starting downhill. Maybe it's closer to a mile and three sixteenths. But I'm just still a little bit leery about taking too short a number on her. So I made her 9-2. to two. She's 4-1 to one on the line. She can certainly win this race. I will be using her. I'll be using Inspiral. Warm Heart, I'm inclined to to try to beat because I just think this is going to be sharp. She's done her best running at, at 12 furlongs overseas, and I, I, I just think this is going to be a very, very quick race for her. Um, she's probably just warming up when the real running begins, and, and that I think is too late. Maybe she storms home at the end. Also, just on numbers, you know, the time form ratings are light compared to some of the other main players in here. On Thoroughgraph, she's light. Um, I just, I, I don't know that I need her, and a lot of people seem to be making it out as though she's a, not a cinch, but she's a very likely winner. If she wins, so be it. I, you know, I'll say Aiden O'Brien, you did it again. Good on you. She's not for me. Not not for all the, the reasons that I just laid out. The play for me is Lindy. And she is going to be the one that I want to get alive to in pick threes or a pick three uh, in the all turf pick four. 
she's going to be an A for certain. I'll probably just go with three A's. I'll probably just go with in Italian, in Spiral, Lindy, and try to move on. I, I, I just, I've been very taken by Lindy in each of her first two starts here in the U.S. The Kentucky Downs race was really good, and it was nothing more than means to an end. The Keeneland race, I think, was really strong. Another jump, she gets up and wins. She's the only horse that made up any ground in that race. She popped to her left lead at the very end, but I, you know, I, I don't want to hold that against her entirely. I'm also fascinated to see what happens now that she's going to get ground that is like concrete compared to what she's run on in the past. And I guess it, it could be a, a negative in, in theory, but I think it's going to be a positive. And I just think she's a three-year-old going the right way. And the argument or the, the conversation I've had with a few people earlier, if Blue Rose Sen were in this race at this configuration, 10 furlongs, firm turf, because I think she just didn't see out the distance in the, the, the Vermeil, wouldn't, wouldn't she be among the favorites in here? And Blue Rose Sen was only about a length and change better than Lindy in the spring over in France. So uh, Lindy is going to be the big push for me in that race. I, I, I like every bit of her, and if she's not good enough, she's not good enough. But um, she is my pick and my play, my heavy lean, as far as the, the multis are concerned, uh, in the Philly and Mare turf. Race number five, Philly and Mare sprint, seven-eighths. Uh, I came into this race really wanting to be against Goodnight Olive, and instead I ended up making her four to five on, the, on my value line. She's six to five on the morning line. Uh, clearly unhinged, thirty to one. Ida twenty five to one. Uh, Matareya thirteen to one. Kirsten Bosch fifty to one. Uh, Mikael fifty to one. Society six to one. Three witches fifteen to one. Yugiri thirteen to one. There's not much for me to say here. I, I just think Goodnight Olive's better than everyone else in here. Uh, Society I think is dressed up on the last two runs. The wet track. And then the conveyor belt that she ran on at Ellis Park. And I just, I don't think anybody else is really of the same caliber of Goodnight Olive. I just don't. And it's not a race that I want to have much action in. It kicks off the all dirt pick four. Uh, I would probably, if I'm going to play that, which I, I truthfully don't think I'm going to, because I don't love the sequence. I don't love the Philly and Mare sprint, the distaff, the classic, and the sprint. I'd be more interested in looking at the pick six and just omitting this leg. Um, but if I did play this or if you were inclined to, to me, it would just be good night olive and move on. And if you're wrong, hopefully you haven't spread too deep because some of those other races could be formful. Race six, the FanDuel Mile. Uh, Cheryl Spite, 20 to 1. Gina Romantica, 12 to 1. Casa Creed, 12 to 1. Wynn Carnelian, 30 to 1. Lucky Score, 99 to 1. Marge, 5 to 1. Master of Foxhounds, 99 to 1. DuJour, 30 to 1. Astronomer, 99 to 1. Songline, 5 to 1. Kalina, 9 to 1. Exalted, 50 to 1. More than Looks, 13 to 1. Master of the Seas, 5 to 1. You can hear on my numbers, I think it's a pretty wide open race. Um, I'm going to go with Mauge, and this sort of furthers the, the piece for me. If the QE2 form from Keeneland holds up, I'll have a good day on Saturday. If it does not, I'm screwed because I'm going to get hurt in a number of multis. Uh, this leg also, mind you, kicks off the pick six. So I'll certainly be involved in that in some 
fashion. Modge is an A for me. Songline is an A for me. Uh, I think Master of the Seas probably is as well. I would I would have to go deep in here. I think more than looks, he's got a really good chance to, at the very least, hit the board. He's got a wicked kick at the end. I know he didn't beat much in that Jefferson Cup, but he he he's fast and he is improving. I I, I could see a scenario where if this thing heats up, he comes with a big kick big kick at the end. Um, Casa Creed. I feel like I've seen this story before, and I've tried to beat a horse like this. I don't love the the form lines. I was as big a fan of Annapolis as there is, and I just don't think he's as good this year as he was as a three-year-old, and that's the key piece right there. You know, Casa Creed has run him down. Well, if if Annapolis were in here, what kind of price would he be? Probably 25 to 1. But I've seen horses I like less than Casa Creed perform well in a race like this. So maybe this has been the plan all along. He also has got a wicked drill, 46 and a piece back there on October the 29th. So... He's a use for me. A backup, I guess, could be Cheryl Spite. A um, lot, lot of people are starting to talk about him, though. And then Gina Romantica, maybe I've just been reluctant to buy into the fact that she ran so much better at Keeneland. And to me, the two best races of her career, without question, have been at Keeneland. And that can very much be a horse-for-course kind of, kind of run. I guess I'm just not... I don't want to kick off the pick six and be like, oh, shit, Chad Brown beat me in a turf race. How dumb would that be? So I, I'm going to use her. I just don't know. I don't I don't know how, um, in what fashion, which is going to make me really need to make some decisions. And, and, and if we're being totally, you know, transparent with everything, one of the worst things that you can do in the multis, in my opinion, is is be too indecisive. I think you're better off having strong opinions that may not work out, but it cuts the amount of capital you need to put up while also knowing that, look, if you are right today, it, you're setting yourself up for a giant return. Unless you think it's going to be very formful and you want to, and you play it accordingly. You know, with that mile, you know, what did I rattle off? Seven, eight horses right there? Am I going to use all of them? No, probably not. I'm going to have to have some, you know, real hard decisions made and the rest of the sequence will probably dictate a lot of that so maybe i can end up going pretty deep in there depending on how the rest of the day plays out the distaff race number seven who's your philly 99 to one amo ray 50 to one pretty mischievous six to one idiomatic five to one adair manor six to one search results five to one wet paint 25 to one randomized six to one clarier six to one Desert Dawn, 50 to 1. Lay De Vita, 99 to 1. So this is a race to me. The, the pace has to be hot. It has to, has to, has to be hot. Hoosier Philly is going to go. Idiomatic wants to go. Adair Manor wants to go. Randomized wants to go. Okay? You've got those horses at the very least. I think it could set up for... Th- there are two horses that I really want to press up and use in here. One of them is the horse that I'm going to pick, and I know she might not be fast enough on paper, but she does have a couple of numbers back in the spring, and that was as a three-year-old that make her viable. It's the Oaks winner. It's pretty mischievous. I just think she's going to get a really nice setup in this race, and I think people are kind of sleeping on her. 
the other horse is I, I went back and forth between picking pretty mischievous and search results. I chose to go with pretty mischievous, but I'm going to use search results, probably equal weight. Uh, Locust Grove is a very fast race. Now, it was a merry-go-round. Nobody made up any kind of ground that day. I just love the way that she kicked home. I thought it was a really strong performance from her. And I, those will probably be the only two. Maybe I use Clarier. I'm, I'm going back and forth. I think the cases that everyone has made are accurate. Combination of she doesn't like the footing, plus she hasn't gotten good setups, this, that, and the other. I think she's going to get bet. She's four on the line. I could see her being three to one. More and more I hear people talking and this, that, and the other. That you know, It would not stun me if she ended up going seven to two. And then you're really kind of trying to make up a case that like, okay, well, she's appealing at nine to two, five to one. She appealing at seven to two. And I know somebody in the comments from um, the Friday show brought up the idea that if you went to someone about a 401k or in, you know something in that line from an investment standpoint, and you offered them a hundred percent return on, you know, if we're using like an even money shot as an example, they would they would take it in a heartbeat. I you, that is that is a correct statement, no question about it. I think my view of weekends like this are I'm not trying to double up my money. I can do that on a Wednesday at Aqueduct, or I guess I don't run on Wednesdays, but you you get my point. A Wednesday at Gulfstream. I I can get even money. I can double up my my bankroll. On a Breeders' Cup weekend, and maybe it's greedy, but these are the sort of weekends that I want all the money. And I'm content knowing that I might lose all of my bankroll that I've allotted for this weekend. But you don't have many opportunities like this all year that I can look at it and say, if I put X amount in, I might get 1,000 to 1 if you're right and you get lucky. So, I, And it all depends what your goal is. If, you're, if you just want to get 3 to 1 on your money and, and things like that, and you're going to look at it and say, a horse like um, Locked in the Juvenile on Friday, Say, you know what? He's the the play of the year for me. He's three to one. I think he should be six to five. Send it in. Totally fair. I look at these races and say, three to one. How do I turn that into 30 to one? How do I turn that into 300 to one? What do I need to do? Do I play a cold pick four or do I play a a really skinny pick four but play it for $50? You know, because I want to smash this thing. Because there aren't many of those opportunities throughout the year, primarily because these fields are as large as they are and they're as competitive as they are. So just different strokes for different folks. I'll have to him and haw about Clarier in this race, the distaff. But the two that I'm certainly using are the three pretty mischievous and the six search results with pretty mischievous being my pick. Uh, I need to pause momentarily and take a take a drink. Okay. <clears throat> needed a quick swig of Coke Zero. Need a little caffeine. Pick me up to get me through. Uh, it's only 6.25 on Thursday evening. Uh, the Longines Turf, race number eight. Uh, Shariar, 30 to 1, although I may need to adjust that because 
that horse is more and more appealing to me as time goes by. Ernesto, 6-1. Gold Phoenix, 99-1. Uh, Bolshoi Ballet, 25-1. Auguste Rodin, 9-2. Broom, 99-1. Up to the mark, 9-2. Mostadef, 5-1. Adamo, 99-1. King of Steel, 6-1. Balladeer, 99-1. Warlike Goddess, 12-1. I've gone back and forth with this race, or I had anyway, for a little while. And the whole August Rodin thing, he... I mean, he may just simply be better than these horses, but, 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 but he has really, he's got two races that are shockingly bad. And maybe it's just the going, maybe it was just the ground and he doesn't want any part of cut against the elite. His fast ground races are really good. Um, I keep getting hung up on hearing Aiden O'Brien say when he makes the front, he he waits. Meaning that he doesn't, you know, doesn't really punch on all the way through. That's not what I want to hear from a horse that's going to be 3-1 to one in such a competitive race. Um, most of the F, th- there's a very clear delineation to me between his mile and a quarter form and his mile and a half form. He's just not nearly as good at a mile and a half, in my estimation, as he is at a mile and a quarter. Now, maybe the mile and a quarter here is is friendlier to him, but I, I have real reservations about the distance with him. So there are two of the main players in here, okay? Onesto, I think, is actually kind of sneaky in here. I don't think firm is going to be any kind of an issue for him. The distance certainly isn't an issue. He ran a very credible third in the arc. The arc, it's been well documented, is a good stepping stone to Breeders' Cup turf success. But I'm going with the American, and I'm sure some folks are rolling their eyes and just don't don't fully buy into it, and that's, that's fair. He's got a stretch from a mile to a mile and a half. And only a second start since the beginning of June. I mean, there's there's a lot that I would normally look at this horse and say, no, 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 no. But up to the mark, I just, I think he is a special talent. He, the finish that this horse has is electric. And I, I firmly believe that he is not anything close to a miler. So for him to be at a good miler, a horse that could be among the favorites in the mile and master of the seas at a mile and not having a great trip, I think it just shows how good this horse is. So the mile and a half, is it a guarantee? No, not by a long shot. But I'm picking him, and he's the main push for me in here. I'll probably use August Rodin in equal weighting. Uh, I'm going to you know, slightly fade most of the draft just on the distance. Uh, I'm going to fade King of Steel just because I, I th- don't think he's quite as good a horse as August Rodin is. And then on top of it, the turnaround from soft going just two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, it's up to the mark for me. And and who knows, maybe I actually just use him as a, as a lone A and press him up. And then August Rodin is my backup and that's it. 
still got some time to think on it. Char Yar is more and more appealing to me just because his run in that Japan Cup last year, that that puts him close. He's probably going to be relatively close to the pace. So um, still a little bit to think on there, but up to the mark is my play in the turf. The Breeders' Cup Classic. Um, <laughs> I'm not super interested in this race. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. I, I just, I'm not, it's not doing it for me. Uh, let's go through the, the odds, the, the value line. Zandon, 10 to 1. White Abario, 4 to 1. Which, if you had ever told me I would say 4 to 1 on White Abario would be value in the Breeders' Cup Classic, you would have been able to knock me over with a feather. Uh, missed the cut, 99 to 1. Derma Sotagake, 25 to 1. Saudi Crown, 15 to 1. Clapton, 50 to 1. Ushba Tesoro, 4 to 1. Senor Buscador, 99 to 1. Dreamlike, 50 to 1. Bright Future, 12 to 1. Arabian Night, 9 to 2. Proxy, 10 to 1. Um, I'm I'm going with the Dubai World Cup winner and Ushba Tesoro. I don't, I, I expect him to run well. I don't know that I think he's a superstar. But he's done nothing wrong on dirt in his career, um, fast or wet. You look, he has run eight times on dirt. He has seven wins and a third-place finish. I just, um, I think this trip is what he wants. I think Saudi Crown's going to set the pace. I think Arabian Night parks off of his flank. If they are able to go slow enough but be clear of the rest of the field, they are very, very serious threats to just go one, two throughout, I think. If they go a fraction too fast, White Abario is drafting in just behind them in third. I've never thought of him as a mile and a quarter horse, but it just, the combination of the performance at Saratoga, and it sounds like the way that he is training into this race, I, I have to acknowledge that he's, he's real now. He's a real threat. He's always been a decent horse. I've never thought of him as this kind, but maybe I'm wrong. And, and maybe now he has sort of fully, you know, met his, his potential. Um, and I'm hopeful that Ushba Tesoro is sort of mid-pack and those couple horses in front of him do go just fast enough that he can come with his run. Um, but like I said, it's, it's not really a race that I'm super, super interested in. I think there are other races that offer far more appeal and intrigue and and, and gambling value. Now, this may be an instance where if you love White Abario, I mean, this could be a scenario Saturday night. We look back and we go, the horse that was very clearly the fastest on paper, he won and he paid $10. How did that happen? But that's that's the Breeders' Cup. That's, that is the Breeders' Cup in a nutshell. I'll use Ushba. I'll use White Abario. I'm inclined to fade the three-year-olds. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I just go with those two. Do I have the, the deepest, deepest backup of Dermasodagake? Probably not. It's probably just Ushba and White Abario and move on. If the three-year-olds win, good on you. Um Proxy, maybe. I just, I again, he's another one. I'm like, am I really going to, is fucking Proxy going to win the Breeders' Cup Classic? Maybe. 
you know, all of a sudden he's got a little bit more gas in the tank early on and he can stay closer to the pace. But I just, um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time fully seeing those scenarios unfold. Turf sprint, race 10. Uh, big invasion, 10 to 1. Caravel, 15 to 1. Yes, I said that. 15, 1 5 on Caravel. Uh, Tony Ann, 30 to 1. Living the Dream, 5 to 1. Gear Jockey, 99 to 1. No Balls, 7 to 1. Aesop's Fables, 15 to 1. R- Roses for Deborah, 6 to 1. Motorius, 5 to 1. Jasper Crone, or Crone, 9 to 9 to 1. Arzak, 12 to 1. Um, and one timer is in, I believe, and I have not priced him accordingly. He's probably a little bit better than the six that I had given Brad Sell, which put him at 15. He's, uh, if I had to guess, he's probably somewhere in the 11 or 12 to 1 range, which means I'd have to take a few points away from one of those other horses I just rattled off. So that value line needs a little bit of massaging, but that's the gist. Um, I le- I really am interested in Roses for Deborah. Uh, completely ignore the Turf Monster. Uh, they should never, ever have run that race on that turf course. I think all of her runs in New York have been good. I thought her run at Pimlico in the spring was really strong. Basically, her entire... Overall, she's just a good horse. But the turf form is really strong. And I, I'm not going to hold that Parks Turf Monster against her. Um at six to one, I think she could end up with a nice trip in here. I think Motorious is one you have to use, uh, just simply because it seems like. Standby. I don't have my uh, my pop filter on this microphone, so I just kept looking over at a couple of the, the spikes, and um, it's because it doesn't have that little screen in front, so I sound muffled now. But the idea is that it's supposed to just kind of cover up the. Sorry if I just blew out your eardrums. Um, the other thing is, and I, I understand, somebody else brought up, they're like, we've got the volume way up and you're still quiet. I, I'm in a hotel room. I'm doing what I can. I don't want to be the person yelling and screaming in a room. There are people on both sides. Um, I apologize. It's not as good as my setup at home. I'm trying to make do with with what is being offered in terms of the setup. So I apologize if it's a little bit on the on the more hushed, muted side. Or if I've blown out your drums via no pop filter. Motorious, I think, absolutely makes sense. I think no balls makes some sense in here. Living the dream, I'm still, I can't get over how fast he ran at Keeneland. Shading 21 at Keeneland, five and a half at Keeneland. I, I mean, they're, they're going to go tw- 21 flat here. They might even shade that over this kind of turf course. They're going to go wickedly fast, and I just think it's a nice opportunity for a horse like Roses for Deborah, who has proven that she can sit and finish just as well as anyone else. Maybe the five is a hair sharper than I would prefer, but um, I just think she's that kind of horse that you ignore that run at Parks. If you strip that from her past performances, she's probably half the price that she's going to be. And we move on to the nightcap. The final Breeders' Cup race of 2023. It is the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Nakatomi. Now keep in mind, I needed to make some pretty aggressive moves on this race just to make sure that the numbers all added up. Nakatomi, 50 to 1. 
on the heels of a negative one thoroughgraph. <laughs> Dr. Shivel, four to one. American Theorem, 99 to one. Hoist the Gold, 20 to one. Three Technique, 99 to one. The Chosen Bronze, six to one. Speedboat Beach, seven to two. Elite Power, seven to two. Gunite, nine to one. I am on Speedboat Beach. Uh, the pace scenario has been well documented. Folks have brought up that there is no speed in a sprint on dirt. That's unheard of. I don't know if I would go as far as to say no speed, but it's definitely a softer pace. And I, I thought Speedboat Beach ran really well off the layoff. We hadn't seen him since the beginning of December. For him to run like that on a wet track while wide, I think it. I think there's a good effort coming from this horse on Saturday. Dr. Shivel, I don't really have any knocks. You know, I could see a 2772 exact either way. Elite Power, similar to Cody's Wish. I just, I'm not totally convinced that he is the same as he was last year. Um, although, he, I'm not as worried about him as Cody. I, I think the forego was primarily a circumstantial thing with, with Elite Power. The pace scenario, uh, I think getting back to six helps his cause. I, my, I just, I don't know that I love the idea of trying to have to make up three, three lengths here at Santa Anita. Because I don't think those other horses are going to be stopping. He's going to have to go and get them. And um, at a short number, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play against him. Gunite, uh, you know, I think he's probably better going a little bit longer than this. That's my vibe. I know he's never been off the board in six starts at six furlongs. He's got three wins and two second-place finishes. I think of him more as like a seven-eighths type. And um, unfortunately for him, the dirt sprint is not at that distance. So... Uh, Primarily for me, the California horses. That is the move. Speedboat Beach and Dr. Shivel. Now, again, the, the staggering, the weighting of some of these things, um, you know, I'm going to have to go back and really take a look and see how I want to structure these bets. Now, I also have got some time that I go look at the, the Friday stuff and finalize some of those things because we are here, you know, on the eve of Friday. Um, but those are my thoughts for sort of the the values and the picks and things like that. Just real quick, might as well run through some of these comments that I have uh, received over on the uh, YouTube channel. Uh, one knock on Austere is that Kentucky Downs is over 29. Uh, and there were last Breeders' Cup races. That's totally fair. And it's always difficult to draw any kind of real conclusions from Kentucky Downs form, but um, I'm cautiously optimistic with her. Um, Let's see. Let's see. In the juvenile turf, stay hot, close to fast, 23 and 2. Bred to love that turf. Great work since the last. Good connections. Bombs away. I, I, that horse is very impressive. I, um, I chatted with Brittany about that runner because her dad trains him. And, you know, she said that they're optimistic with the way that he ran. Tough spot for sure, but take a chance and see what happens. Um,. Here's another one. Why the hell isn't the classic last race of the day on Saturday? That is because of Big Ten football. It's one of those where you have to, business is business. And we can all call a spade a spade and realize that college football makes a hell of a lot more money than horse racing does. So the classic to be on uh, Big NBC needed to be moved up to avoid Big Ten football. That is why it is not the last race on Saturday. 
Um, giving picks isn't antiquated. It's the reason I'm here. Don't care for the odds. Uh, just because I'm not getting 3-1 to one on my pick because he's 6-5 to five doesn't mean I'm going to leave him off my ticket or not play him. That's fair. Um, you and I probably just have a, a different approach to it. Um, if if you believe the horse should be a three to one shot and you're only getting six to five, I would say long term you're setting yourself up for failure if you're just betting them no matter what. But to each their own. I I I've said it before. I'll say it again. Do what you want with your money. It is your money. You've worked hard to earn it. Who am I to tell you how to bet it? Who is anyone to tell you what to do with your money? Do what you see fit. If you want to bet the horse that you like the most, regardless of price, fire away. Um, I'm just offering up my my approach to to that sort of thing. Just because from a bank management standpoint, I think it gives you the best chance to maximize the length that your bankroll is going to be there and, and give you the best chance to to have some success. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, I'm seeing some some shards love on Friday. Um, Lawn, okay. Talk talk. Edzo loves talk talk. Tom Espinosa also loves talk talk as well. As an underneath type. That's definitely interesting. Um, oh, someone else brought up the. In my opinion, I liked your YouTube show better when you actually did a video with yourself talking. I I agree. I would. I wish I could do that or guarantee that I could do that, but. I left a comment um, bringing up the idea that it, it's not a it's not because I don't want to do that. It's just because I don't have the confidence that I'm going to be able to get it up, the video. I have to upload the video or the audio file to the computer and then send it to producer Craig. And the these audio files are much, much smaller. They're a fraction of the size of the video files. The video files, I can do that when I'm home because we've got the juiced up internet because my wife works from home and, you know, calls all day, this, that, and the other. Not a problem. In the hotel that I'm staying in right now or any of these other hotels, the, the internet is not nearly as good as what I've got at home. And I can't afford to do the video, find out that it's not going to work, and then have to dick around and try to figure out how to strip the audio from the video file. And I know it's possible, but it's just it, on top of the day job and on top of trying to talk to, you know, my, my kid and my wife at home and anybody else, it, it, this is an, unfortunately a necessary evil where the video has kind of gone by the wayside and... Um, if there's a scenario in which I can pick it up again at some point, I certainly will. Uh, but but right now, that that's why. It's not because I don't want to do the video aspect of it. It's just it's not, this schedule is not conducive for that, for, for lack of a better way of putting it. I just don't have the, I don't have the guarantee that it's going to work. And that becomes a problem if you're on a time crunch or you're up against it for any other number of reasons. So that's why. I, I just don't want people believing that it's because... And also, to be fair, this is for a very small group of people that listen to the show on YouTube. The, the large majority of you are on a podcast feed based on our download numbers. So 
you know, they only care about the, the audio piece. Again, I, in a perfect world, I could do both. But unfortunately, um, right now, just not not the case. Um, I'm sorry, don't get angry. Two to one on Tamara is beyond insane value of subjective. If Tamara was two to one in the juvenile Phillies, I would follow her around. Um, and she would say that she's the most dead on the board I've ever seen. Um, some races, there's no value. All losers pay the same big goose egg. I take shots, but not because of value, because the horse from my studies is in good spot once again. We've told anyone I can get 100% return on the four. So this was the 401k piece. Uh, it's not a matter of... I'm telling you that I feel like, given the thing with, with Tamara, right? She's going two turns for the first time. She's trying Delmar uh, away from Delmar for the first time. Is she going to overcome both of them? Probably. But I, there are going to be other... She's going to be four to five. There are other odds-on horses that I would feel more confident in that have questions answered than her. That is my opinion, which again, at the end of the day, if you think she's she's a cinch at one to five, better at four to five, hammer her. I mean, that's a great opportunity. I, I don't think it's that cut and dry, but this is why it's a parimutuel game. It's why it's one of the best gambling games that there is. My opinion versus your opinion versus your opinion. And at the end of the day, the track takes their cut and then we divvy it up amongst ourselves. Let me know. Opinions, questions, thoughts about Breeders' Cup Saturday, either on Twitter at Bernie or underscore Matt. Send me a DM or beneath the video player on YouTube. However you listen, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, the whole nine. Make sure the bell icon's lit up if you're over on YouTube. Um, obviously, with your podcast feeds, you should be having the notifications anyway, but um, if not, you can go into your settings and find those. I'm probably back next week, in all likelihood. I'll be at Churchill Downs next weekend, or next week, I should say. So it'll probably be a little bit of a, a recap of what happened this weekend. Uh, then there may be a bit of a week off, but we are we are winding down here. Uh, I think there are only... You can count on one hand how many more pods there will be this year uh, based on our my agreement with In The Money, and hopefully we get something ironed out and we are back again in 2024. But just to give you a bit of a lay of the land, what to look for going forward, probably have a Breeders' Cup recap next week. Maybe there's a week off after that. Um, but we are, we are certainly winding things down and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can bring it back again in 2024. Uh, thank you again for the continued support it means a great deal to me. You can catch me this weekend on USA network, NBC, as well as Peacock. And then next week I will be back on FanDuel TV from Churchill Downs. Uh, good luck this weekend playing the Breeders' Cup, however you play, whatever you play and wherever you play. Be back next week to talk about everything that happened here at Santa Anita on Friday and Saturday. Until then, this has been episode 179 of the Matt Bernier Show.